Church, welcome to Vive Virtual. My name is Brandon Lee, pastor of Vive City Church, where you are loved, you belong, and you matter. We declare right now that God is going to meet you right where you are, and we are continuing our message series, Every Day I Fight. Listen, I am so excited to conclude this message today because we're going to talk about the sword of the spirit. But before I do, y'all got to know that I've got the Vibe team with me today. Vibe team, can y'all make some noise today to let everybody know that we are here gathered together and we're praying for you. We're praying for our city but God has given us spiritual weapons so that we can overcome every attack from the enemy. We know that John chapter 10 verse 10 says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says that I've come so that you can have life and you can have it more abundantly. So because God wants us to enjoy life, he has given us spiritual weapons so that we can be able to do war against the enemy and do it well. So today we're going to talk about the sword of the spirit. So Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 says this. It says, and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So look, so I told you guys that Paul wrote this letter to the church at Ephesus when he was in prison. And he was actually chained to a Roman soldier. And, and Paul would look to this Roman soldier, he would see the armor that he, um, that he carried. And God used him to write this letter to the church at Ephesus, illustrating the weaponry that the Roman soldier had. And Paul could not help but to notice that this Roman soldier had a sword that was so sharp that he would be able to cut the head off of his enemy. How many of you guys would love to be able to cut off Satan's head when he tries to scheme and he tries to plot and he tries to, to attack your life? God is giving you a weapon, an offensive weapon, to destroy the works of the devil. So look, I want to unpack um, some things today. I want to talk about the sword of the spirit just a little bit. So the word, word, the word, word here, the, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the word, word, it actually is rhema. It is R, it's R-H-E-M-A. It is God's uh, spoken word, that God is able to give us a spoken word to combat the enemy Every single time that we're attacked from the enemy. So no matter what situation you're facing, no matter what season you're in, God will give you a specific word to be able to put on the enemy. And so he's able to give us a word by the Holy Spirit. So listen, God wants us to partner with the Holy Spirit. And as we partner with the Holy Spirit... God will give us a specific word that will cut the enemy's plan down for our lives. So here's, here's what I want to do. I want to give us three strategies to sharpening our sword today. That God wants us to know three strategies so that we can keep our sword sharp, so that when we swing our sword, we can cut down the enemy. So listen, um, let's go to uh, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, um, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you can be careful 
to do according to all that is written in it. Watch this. Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. So I want to give you three keys to sharpening your sword that's found in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. The first thing that we're going to do to sharpen our sword is that we are going to speak God's word. Come on, it says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. So look, we should constantly speak God's word. And I've got to ask you guys um, a question here because the word tells us not to allow the word to depart from our mouths. So I've got to ask you, what in your life has come up that causes you to stop speaking the word of God? Has the coronavirus caused you to stop speaking the word of God? Has uh, this whole global pandemic, has the threat of furlough and layoff caused you to stop speaking the words of faith that God has called for you to speak? Because it is the word of God that causes God to respond. God does not respond to your worry. God does not respond to your anxiety. God does not respond to even your tears. He cares about them, but he does not respond to them. The only thing that God responds to is his word. So if we allow the word of God to depart from our mouths, then the enemy will be able to produce whatever he wants to produce in your life. Look, here's what happens when we speak the word of God. Here's what happens. We actually remind ourselves of the promises of God. So look, here's the deal. Um, the, The enemy is loud about his attacks. The enemy is loud about his plan for your life. The enemy is loud about the anxiety that he wants to keep in your head. He's loud about the fear that he wants you to operate in. He's loud about it. So when we are attacked from the enemy, you cannot quote scripture silently in your head. If the enemy is loud about his attacks, you've got to be loud right back at him. Come on, we meet force with force, right? Like the violent taken by force the last time I checked in the word of God that we've got to operate violently in the kingdom of God. This is, this is why we, we serve a God who uh, refers to himself as the Lord of hosts. That means the God of war. Has anybody ever heard a war cry before? Come on, church. Have you heard a war cry before? Like I told you all I love seeing war movies, right? And, like, I remember there's a scene in 300. Anybody seen 300 before? Raise your hand in a virtual section or in person if you have seen 300. 300 is my movie. I I can't remember the guy's name, but do you remember when his son got his head cut off? There's a scene where his son got his head cut off, and the father let out this violent war cry that let the enemy know, y'all didn't cross the line that I cannot recover from. I am going to go on a killing rampage because you didn't try my life. This is how we need to be. When the enemy is trying to attack your family, when the enemy is trying to attack your finances, when the enemy is trying to attack your peace, and he is trying to steal your joy, we need to let out a shout of praise before God that lets the enemy know that you have messed with the wrong one 
on the last time. And we are to put the word of God on the enemy, that the enemy is not silent, and we will not be silent when it comes to the word of God. We've got to keep the word of God on our mouths, and we are not going to let anything to cause the word of God to leave from our speech. But i got to ask you, has 2020 caused your language to change? Has your language changed from fear to fear? To, to, from faith to fear? Has your language changed from believing God to, to unbelief and doubt? Like God wants us to ensure that we are speaking a kingdom language that says, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Not my job. Come on, not my spouse, not my, not, not my significant other. Nobody is going to be able to meet my needs like God is going to meet my needs in this season. My job is just a stream of my income where God is my source and he is my soul supplier and he will make sure that I have all that I need. We have got to keep God's word on our mouths. Here's what I mean by that. There's a great example of, of um, how God gives us a spoken word where we're to speak his word. Um, here's what I mean. You remember when Jesus was led away in the, in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And so the devil began to tempt Jesus in Luke chapter 4, um, verses 3 through 12. It says that the devil said to him, if you're the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man should not live by bread alone. What is Jesus doing? He is putting the word of God on the attacks from the enemy. So when the enemy tries to attack you, you need to out of your mouth say, it is written. And you begin to confess what the word of God says about your situation. This is what Jesus is doing. In verses um, 5 through, uh, in verses 5 through 8, it says, um, and, and the, the enemy said to him, you, uh, to you, I will give all this authority and their glory, and, and for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. For you, then I will worship me, and it will be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall, not, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem, and he set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. Watch Satan try to quote the word of God. Y'all know Satan know the Bible, but he tries to pervert it. So he says, For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you, um, and on, on, on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, It is said. You shall not put the Lord, your God, to the test. And in verse 13, here's what happens when you put a word on Satan. It says that, and the devil had ended every temptation, and he departed from him. Some of y'all have been tempted day in and day out, and you continue to be tempted, and Satan doesn't depart from you because you ain't put a word on Satan. Come on, I'm from Detroit. Uh, putting a bounty on somebody's head is nothing. And we ought to put a word on Satan's head like it's nothing. God wants us to put a word of God on Satan's head. And when we do, he's got to depart from us every single time. 
the enemy has to depart from us when we put a word on the enemy's head. So look, here's what I want you to know. When you don't allow God's word to depart from your mouth, the enemy will depart from you. When you don't allow God's word to depart from your mouth, the enemy will depart from you. So we have got to continue to speak God's word in every situation, in every season, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter the test, no matter the trial, no matter the tribulation, no matter whether or not we'll, we'll get a vaccination soon or whether we don't. We will not allow the word of God to depart from our mouths because we know, praise God for vaccinations, but we know that Christ is our healer, that it is by the stripes of Jesus that we are healed. I wish somebody would give God some praise in this place that really believes that God is a healer. No matter what happens, he's able to heal us. Amen? So now look, here's the second um, strategy that we're going to use to sharpen our sword. Um, We're going to meditate God's word. Now, for most of us, we've heard this word before, but I'm going to take time to break down what it really means to meditate the word of God. This is the game changer. If you want to be able to speak God's word, you can't speak something that you haven't instilled in your heart. So we got to hide God's word in our heart, and we do that through meditation. And so um, it says, meditate on God's word. How often? Day and night. We're going to meditate on God's word day and night. And night. So here's what I want you guys to know. Uh, meditate, it means it's a three part. I want to give you three words that, that really um, let us know what meditate actually means um, from, a, from the Greek, uh, or I'm sorry, from the Hebrew. So from the Hebrew, the word meditate, it means to imagine, it means to study, and it means to mutter. Again, there's three things that this word meditate means. It means to imagine. God did not give you an imagination for it to be perverted by the enemy. He wants you to imagine his word of God, the word of God coming to pass in your life. He wants you to imagine. And then the next is that, that he wants you to study God's word, and then he wants you to mutter. Mutter means to say it over and over and over and over and over again. We ought to have the word of God on repeat in our minds, and when the word of God is in our minds, we ought to speak the word of God. I don't care if you are at your cubicle at work, underneath your breath, you ought to be muttering the word of God when everybody crazy around you and everybody sending you crazy emails at work and when everybody act like they ain't got no sense and we got a bunch bunch of educators, and I know that the classroom has got to be crazy for you right now. You ought to be muttering the word of God on your lunch break, where your coworkers don't need to hear you, but your own soul needs to be able to hear your voice say, I am more than a conqueror through Christ. We have got to mutter the word of God constantly, constantly, church. And so, look, I want to give you a practical way. I want to give you practical ways to meditate the word of God. Here's what I mean. I want to use a a, a very familiar scripture to all of us, and I'm going to break down how we are to meditate the scriptures. So again, Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So now how do we meditate? 
the first thing that we're going to do, we are going to imagine. We are going to imagine. Here's, what, here's how we're going to break down imagine. We're going to imagine or think about all that we need. The scripture says that my God shall supply all your need. And so what are our needs? We all got a rent pay, we all got rent or mortgage. We all have car payments, most of us. We all some of us have student loans. Some of us have, you know, medical bills and expenses. Some of us are paying for tuition right now. We all have things that we need. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to use our imagination that Jesus is going to come through for us and take care of every single need that we have. So we are literally going to, as we're studying the scriptures, we are going to imagine God paying off all of our student loans. Somebody ought to give God a shout of praise in this place right now because he's able. And we ought to engage our minds when we study the word of God and we ought to say God I'm, I'm imagining right now me getting an unexpected check in the mail that eradicates and wipes out all of my credit card debt I am allowing the, my imagination to engage and see all of my utilities being paid for I am using my imagination that even though they are threatening furloughs on my job I understand that my job is nothing but a stream but God is my source and I am beginning to to use my imagination in saying that God is going to meet all of my needs. You have got to, you've got to see it up here before it ever materializes out here. We have got to meditate or we've got to imagine God's word happening. What does God's word say about your health? What does God's word say about your finances? What does God's word say about your family and about your marriage? We've got to imagine it before it can ever be. God wants us to meditate or use our imagination. And then the second thing that we're going to do, we're going to study. Now, I really want to break this down to you, what study actually means. So here's how we're going to study this scripture. Or any scripture that you read, here's how you study it. I'm just using Philippians 4.19, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask ourselves a few questions. We're going to ask ourselves who wrote it. When you study the Bible, you ought to know who wrote it. And then we're going to do what we're going to do. We're going to ask ourselves, uh, who was it written to? And then we're going to ask ourselves, why was it written? And then the last question that we're going to ask ourselves is, what can I learn from what was written? So again, we are not the central theme to our Bible study. Like, I need everybody to understand that. You're not the central theme. There, there is a central theme, and we got to study it out to figure out what that is. And then, based on that central theme, we can ask ourselves, and we can ask God, what do you want me to learn from this scripture that I read in its proper context? Because context is everything when it comes to the word of God. So here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to answer these questions. So who wrote Philippians chapter 4, verse 19? The apostle Paul did. Right. And then who was it written to? Paul actually wrote this letter um, or this this passage. He wrote it to a group of people at the church of Philippi who was actually being generous with monetary gifts to him because they were so blessed by his ministry. And so then um, so so that takes care of who it was written to. And then why did he write it? He wrote it to them so that they can know because of your generosity, 
God, through his riches and glory, are going to take care of all of your needs. This is why he wrote it. And then the last part of that is what can we learn from it? What can we learn from this scripture is if we are generous to the house of God, God is going to be generous enough to us to meet all of our needs, not based on our job, not based on a 401k plan, but based upon his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This is how you meditate the word of God. So we have to be students of the word so that we can learn what the word is saying so that we can know how to uh, uh, appropriate it in our lives. And then the last thing that we're going to do, we are going to mutter. Meditate means to mutter. That means to repeat it constantly, day in and day out. How often are we to, to mutter? Day and night. We are to mutter God's word. So look, here's, what we're, here's how you mutter. Because I, God, because I've been generous um, to the house of God, I know that you're going to supply all my needs, not just some of my needs, but all of my needs. You're going to meet, you're going to meet my financial needs for my student loan. You're going to meet my financial needs for all of the debts that I incur. You are going to meet all of my needs for my car payment, for my mortgage payment, for my kids, for my food on my table, for everything that I have. God, you said, you said you are going to supply all of my needs, not based on what I have, but based on what you have, I am muttering your word, God. I'm saying it over and over. You are going to meet my needs. I know we're in a pandemic. I know we got fear. I know we got anxiety. I know that people are getting laid off left and right. I may have even lost my job, but God, I know that you said it's not in my job. It's in your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What are you doing? You are putting a word of God on the enemy, and you are constantly reminding yourself of the faithfulness of God as you meditate. We got to meditate the word of God. And as you're meditating the word of God, you are building a confident hope on the inside of you that God knows how to come through for you. You are visualizing God coming through for you. And then you're studying. When you have scripture in its proper context, you know that he's got to come through for you because his word is true. And so listen, here's what, what we got to know. When you meditate the word of God, then this prepares us to do the next thing, the final thing, the third thing that we're going to learn on how do we sharpen our sword. We're going to do God's word. We have to do God's word. You know, um, there's, I don't know where this has come from. I don't know why this happens, but for some reason, our society in, 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 in American Christianity um, has gotten feeling based. I don't, I don't know where I don't know where we kind of came from with this. You know, we kind of have this like, oh, you know, I kind of feel God saying this. Well, wait a minute. You ain't got to feel God saying anything. All you got to do is read it. <laughs> and it's, it's in his word. And so whatever his word says, that's what we got to do. Like whatever his word is telling us, that's what we have to do. And as we are doing God's word, we will cut the enemy's plan for our lives. We've got we've to not only speak God's word and meditate God's word, now we've got to do God's word. We've got to do it. James chapter 1, verses 22 through 24 says it this way. It says, but be doers of God's word and not hearers only. Watch this, deceiving yourselves. 
For if anyone is a hearer of the word of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks in looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty. So everybody that wants to say like this, this is legalistic. No, 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 no. It's a law of liberty. There is freedom in doing God's word. And then it says, and preserve, preserve, perseveres, being um, no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He will be blessed in his doing. So look, it is not enough to just hear God's word. It's not enough to just turn on a good podcast to make your soul feel good. It's not enough to just like, you know, come to in-person or watch Vive Virtual and get a good message and feel good about yourself on Sunday, but you don't do what you learned on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, right? Like we've got to not just be hearers of God's word, but we have to be doers of God's word. When you're just a hearer, you literally forget who you are in Christ. You could be looking at the perfect mirror of God's word. You're looking at it on Sunday. You're looking at it when you, you listen to a YouTube message and you're getting blessed. You're looking into a mirror and you're, you're learning how, what God thinks about you. You're learning about what God says about you and what you can do for the kingdom of God and how he sets you free. But then on Monday, if you don't turn around and do what you learned on Sunday, you have forgotten who you are in Christ. And it is time for us to say, God, I hear you. And because I hear you, I'm going to do what you told me to do. I'm going to do exactly what you told me to do. But when you're a hearer only, you forget who you are and you forget the power of God. So when you don't, when you don't allow God's word to depart from your mouth, and when you meditate God's word day and night, and when you do God's word, here's what happens in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. We're going to conclude right where we started from. In Joshua 1, um, verse 8, the last part of the text, it says, Then you will make your way prosperous, and you'll have good success. If everything been failing, come on. Like, let's really be, let's be honest in church today, let's allow God to like look in our lives. Let's allow the word of God to examine us like we should. Like if there's been things, if there's just been chaos in every area of our lives, if there's confusion in every area of our lives, if you have been losing in every area of your life, God did not create you to lose. And so if God didn't create you to, to lose at what he's created you to do and he's created you to win, the question's got to be, well, God, why am I losing? Why am I losing my joy? Why am I losing my peace? Why am I losing my love? Why am I, why am I losing like every, everybody that, that's around me, like I, I tend to be in contention with? Why is it feeling like I'm losing my mind? Well, the reality is this. God created you to win, but he's given you a plan to win. Where he's saying, you have got to keep my word in your mouth. That's number one, church. And then number two, what we've got to do, what do we have to do? We've got to meditate. We've got to meditate God's word. We've got to, we've got to imagine God's word. We've got to keep God's word like a clear picture of God's word should be in our minds every single day. 
And then we've got to mutter God's word. We've got to study God's word. And then what do we have to do once we've meditated God's word and studied God's word? Here's what we have to do. We have to actually be a doer of what he told us to do. And then Joshua 1.8 says, then you will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. The word prosper means profitable. You know God wants you to have a profitable marriage? You know that God wants you to have a profitable relationships? You know that God wants you to be profitable with your job and with your calling and with your purpose? God's, God wants you to be profitable and successful in every area of your life. But in order for you to be profitable, you got to swing your sword. That when God begins to give you a word, you've got to put that word on the enemy's head. And you've got to cut him deep. And the only way that you can cut him deep, again, we've got to put these three things in action. We have got to, to keep God's word in our mouth. We've got to speak God's word. And then we have to meditate God's word. And then we've got to be a doer of God's word. And when we do these things, church, you will be wildly successful in your life. Does anybody want to be successful? Come on, church. Do we want God to be able to make us profitable in our lives? Come on. Well, we got to swing our sword. So here's what we want to do. If you're in person, go ahead and stand up on your feet. If you're looking at, uh, at, at Vive Virtual from home, and if you're in position to stand up on your feet, please stand with us. And I want to lead you in a prayer so that we can um, live our lives not according to how we feel, not according to how it looks, not according to all the attacks that we keep seeing from the enemy, but we live by the word of God. And so I want to speak this prayer over everyone. And, and as I'm praying, I want you to make your commitments to God. That if you know that there are areas in your life that you have not surrendered and submitted to the word of God, or maybe you've struggled with keeping the word of God in your mouth, I want you to communicate to God today. If you haven't meditated the word of God like you should, to remind yourself of the faithfulness of God, or if you haven't been doing the word, Whatever it is, I want you to make a commitment to God that says, and, and say to him, God, I'm, I'm coming to you. I changed my mind about what I'm doing. That's all repentance really is, is a mind change. And we're going to surrender to him, and we're going to live according to what he desires for us to do. So come on, church. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I pray right now for Vive City Church. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that your word would be final authority in our lives. I pray in the name of Jesus that we would live our lives um, patterned after the word of God. Lord, I pray that we would keep your word in our mouths, that we won't allow doubt and unbelief to steal the word of God from our mouths, but I pray in the name of Jesus that we would speak the word only. God, I pray that when we, when we face fear, I pray that we will speak faith. I pray in the name of Jesus that when lack is lurking, I pray that we would speak prosperity. I pray in the name of Jesus when confusion seems to be all around us, I pray that our confession will be peace. I pray that we would keep the word of God in our mouths in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that we would do a better job meditating your word, God, that we won't be rushed when we open up the Bible. But I pray, God, that as we read the Bible, I pray that in our meditation, we'd allow the word of God to read us. Father, I pray, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that we won't just be hearers of the word, but we'll be doers of the word of God. And Father, I pray that as we do, we will be wildly successful, that we would, you would make our way prosperous, God, 
So, Father, we repent if we have been away from your word. We repent, Father, if we have not been living according to your word by being a doer of it. And, Lord, I pray that as we continue to submit ourselves to you and we humble ourselves to you, I thank you that you would lift us up. Satan, we put you on notice. You're under our feet. You have been defeated um, over 2,000 years. Jesus defeated you on the cross when he resurrected from the dead. So we know that all power has been given to Jesus and all power has been given us unto us because he has given us a name that is above every other name. And I thank you, cancer, you're defeated. Um, lack and insufficiency, you're defeated. That brokenness, you are defeated. Depression, you are defeated. Anxiety, you are defeated. That we win because of Jesus and the armor that he has given us. Every day we will fight, but every day we'll win because we are fighting the good fight of faith in Jesus' almighty name. Amen. Come on, church. Let's, let's give God some praise. Let's give him some worship. Amen, 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 amen. Well, it is right now offering time. We praise God that we have an opportunity to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. We know that we don't, get, we don't give to get, but we get to give. And we thank you, God, right now for providing for us. We thank you that we have income, and we thank you that as we do, we will honor you with everything that you have given us. I want to I share this scripture that God placed in my heart, church, and I want everybody to stand on this and understand it. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22 says this, it says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. I want to zone in on seed, time, and harvest. God has put a principle in the earth where if we sow and we give it time, then we'll receive a harvest. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. That it, God has placed the principle in the earth that if you sow a seed and you give it time, meaning that you're consistent with your giving and you don't allow the seasons to change your giving, that you sow a seed, you give it time, and you reap a harvest. Then you sow another seed, you give it time, and then you reap a harvest. You sow a seed, you give it more time, and then you reap a harvest. You will sow what you reap. And God is telling his church that even in dry seasons, you don't stop your seed from being planted because in due time, you will reap your harvest. And so I want everybody to understand this. This is a principle that will always remain as long as the earth remains. Seed, time, and harvest. And God is wanting you to know, be faithful with your giving, and as you do, God will continue to be faithful in giving back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto you. But it's according to how you have given. And so listen, church, I want you to know that, you know, at Vive City Church, we'll never ask you to give, but what we do ask is for you to ask God what he desires for you to give. And as you are faithful with whatever God tells you to give, God is going to be faithful. You can't outgive God. 
And so, church, here's what I want you to know. We make it so easy to give here at Vive City. Even in person, we're trying to still be contactless as much as possible. So we've got a couple different ways that you can give. You can give by going to the website at vivecitychurch.com slash giving. Or you can text to give at 84321. And as you give, we're able to do even more in our community um, as you continue to give um, and honor God with your giving. Well, I trust that everybody's been able to do what you're um, wanting to do concerning giving. Um, if you're watching on Vive Virtual, you can look at, you can click the link that I'm sure that's in the, the comment section at this point um, of our service. You can click that link and you can give that way. Um, but church, I love you guys so much. Thank you for being with us. And look, um, we're not allowing the season to cause us to be in bondage. We are practicing um, every um, social distance practice that we can possibly put here. We're doing temperature checks. Uh, we've got space for our kids that we keep clean and sanitized. So as we're doing these things, we believe that God is going to continue to give us more freedom so that we can reach back in our city and create more freedom. So if you desire to be a part of Vive Virtual, uh, we want you to message us. Um, we've got a link that we want to get you to register at so that you can be a part of what God is doing here in the house. Vibe team, can y'all make some noise again so that they can know that the presence of God is here. Amen, amen. Well, that's all that I have for you guys. I hope you have an amazing week, and I cannot wait to see you back here again next Sunday. Love you, church.